Last weekend, I went back to Idaho for the Idaho Catholic Youth Convention. It's a big youth conference gathering 2,000 high school young men and women from all around the state and surrounding regions. And it was a beautiful weekend. Great speakers, dynamic speakers brought in from all over the country and great music and fellowship. And it all sort of climaxed on Saturday evening. There was an evening of Eucharistic adoration. And this lasted for over an hour. And not only Eucharistic adoration on the altar, where the Blessed Sacrament exposed on the mantra on the altar, it began with that. But then the priests and the deacons and the seminarians processed the, te- the monstrance into the crowd and going up and down all of the rows so that everybody, all the youth and chaperones and youth ministers, could be really close to the Blessed Sacrament. This is really a special occasion. As you can imagine, a lot of people had really emotional reactions, sometimes experiencing the love and the mercy of God for the very first time. Some people would break out in tears and crying before the Lord, some reaching out to the monstrance, trying to touch, get just a little bit closer to our Lord, and some bowing down in worship. And afterwards, the MC of the conference, the gentleman who was leading the conference, gave everybody an opportunity to share what that experience was like for them, a little sharing of graces. So he introduced it from the stage, and then he went out into the crowd. People would raise their hand, and he'd run out and give them an opportunity to say what had happened to them, if anything, if they had felt something or heard something, what that experience was like for them. And many people shared powerful anecdotes, and one of them in particular really stuck with me. This young man simply said, I heard the Lord saying to me, I love you, I love you, I love you over and over and over again. That is what one hears when one's sight and hearing is, is restored, is healed by the Lord. Because that is what the Lord is saying to us continuously, perpetually. I love you, I love you, I love you, over and over and over again. God who is love created us out of love and for love. That is why we exist and that is why He is drawing us to Him continuously so that we can receive His love here on earth and after we die for all of eternity in heaven. Many years ago, before I entered seminary, I went to this conference as a chaperone and I brought a group of high school students from Southeast Idaho. And one of them had had a really troublesome past. He was actually in the school for at-risk teenagers. So instead of going to jail, they were given this chance to go to the school. And he came on this conference. He wasn't Catholic, but he came with an open mind. And he was in this night of adoration. And he had a strange experience at first. You can imagine how puzzling this would have been for somebody who had never been in such a setting. First, he saw these people kneeling down, and that was strange enough to see people kneeling down in this gymnasium sort of setting. And then as this strange golden object started coming closer to him, he started thinking, what, what is this? What kind of cult am I in? What are these people doing here? And especially if people started crying. This is something very, very weird. Then he started having more troublesome thoughts arise in him. Thoughts about his, his past. All of these memories of harm that he had done to other people. And now he started feeling a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. And thoughts of, I don't belong here. This isn't for me. I need to run away. I need to get out of here as quickly as possible. That's what the evil spirit sounds like. That's the voice of the enemy. The ones who are trying to prevent us from coming closer to the Lord. The ones that try to tell us that we're not 
worth worthy, that we don't belong. He didn't listen to those for some reason. The grace of God overpowered those evil spirits. So he stayed. And as the blessed sacrament came really close to him, he simply said, I'm sorry. In his heart, I'm sorry. And he said instantly everything was released. All of his fear and anxiety was brushed away. And now he was free to receive that love of God, which was coming to him, which was initiated by God. God himself was coming to him. And that truth is a reality for us. God initiates all of this. He comes to us to heal us and to restore us. And that happened here in this gospel story that we just heard. God came to this man born blind. And of course, he was physically blind. But there's a deeper reality here. He was spiritually blind. And all of us are born into a spiritual blindness due to the fall, due to original sin. But God comes to us. And he did this strange thing here. He spat on the ground on dirt and he made this mud pie and he smeared that on the man's eyes and that's how he healed him now god can heal however he wants but he chooses to use these ordinary means spit and dirt and that's how he healed that's how he healed this this man now commentators on this have have expressed that that's reflecting jesus's divinity and humanity Jesus' divinity coming from himself, from his, from his body, from his spit, and then him mixing it with the humanity, with, with something earthy. And that's how Jesus here is, is, is healing this blind man, uniting divinity and humanity. I'll flaunt my, you know, my theological training that I'm receiving at the seminary. There's a fancy word, hypostatic union. Has anybody heard that? Hypostatic union? It refers to the unity between divinity and humanity that exists in Jesus. Jesus is fully divine, 100% divine, and he's fully human, just like the rest of us, 100% human. That's absolutely extraordinary. No other religion claims anything like this. There are prophets, there are gods and goddesses in other religions, but nobody claims that the one God came down and became man, took on humanity, took on human nature. Not even quasi-religions or quasi-Christian religions, so to speak, like Mormonism or, or Jehovah's Witnesses. They believe that Jesus is a prophet, like the man said here towards the end, he is a prophet. But not that Jesus is God. Christianity alone claims that Jesus is God. And this is crucial for our salvation because only God could heal the division between God and man. And only man could receive the, the healing. So Jesus had to take on humanity, had to take on human nature. And that's how he chose to save us. Now this gets even more interesting. We heard in the, interesting, we heard in the, in the, first, um, the first reading about oil, that oil was used. Now we hear about, about spit and earth. We know also that bread and wine are used here at Mass. And we also know that the priest is used for our salvation through the sacrament of confession. So you see what's happening here. Jesus uses all of these ordinary means, all of these earthy means to bring about healing. If you think about, about the word saliva, which Jesus used here, you know, he made clay with saliva. That has the same root as salvation. That has the same root as salud, if you know a little Spanish. Salud means health, or salus in Latin. Or the word salve, 
like a healing salve, a healing balm. These, are all, these all have the same root. It's all speaking to the same reality. Jesus is coming to heal us with his saliva, with these earthy means. And of course, what is that all relating to? It's all relating to the sacraments. The sacraments are the ordinary means by which Jesus comes and touches us on our eyes, on our ears, on our mouth, on our hearts, and heals us. Now, how does the young man, this man, this man born blind, respond when he's being questioned? This is a very puzzling scene. Nobody's believing that this is the young man, the same man, even though they had known him his whole life. I mean, just imagine if if one of you had been born blind, and then in your thirties, we don't know his age, but let's say in his thirties, in, in your thirty, that one young man is healed, and now he can see, and he's walking around you, and now he has sight. And everybody turns to him and says, no, that's not the same person. That's somebody new, even though you've known him your whole life. That's what happened here. They, they, know, they knew him his whole life. But they were willing to go through to any kind of mental gymnastics to avoid the reality that Jesus is God and that Jesus healed this man born blind. So they question him. Are you really him? Are you really the same one? Or do you just look like him? And his response I am. I am. That's all he says. I am. That's a key phrase. Ego eimi in the Greek of, of John. I am. He uses this phrase in the mouths of Jesus seven times in his gospel. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the vine. I am. And of course, we heard God himself revealing himself to Moses way back in the bush, in the burning bush. I am who am. This is how God reveals himself. God, who is being itself, reveals himself to us, saying, I am. And now we see this man who was just healed by Jesus, being questioned on his identity. And what is his response? I am. When one is healed by Jesus, when we are healed by Jesus via the sacraments, we're not just healed and then we go, out, go on being the same persons, being individuals separated from everyone else. There's something much bigger that happens. We become grafted into Christ himself. We become his body. We are the mystical body of Christ. I am, we can say, with Jesus. I am in Jesus, and Jesus is in me. This is absolutely astounding. We're no longer alone. All these voices, all these evil spirits that try to convince us that we're alone, that nobody understands us, that nobody cares for us. This is all the voice of the enemy trying to get us, get us to doubt the reality that we have been grafted into the person of Jesus, that we belong to him and that he belongs to us. Then what do we do from here? Well, we heard from St. Paul writing to the Ephesians. 
Brothers and sisters, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Take no part in fruitless works of darkness. Rather, expose them. Expose the fruits of darkness, the works of darkness. The ones that are in us, expose the works of darkness that are in you, so that you may live in the light of the Lord. And how do we do that? How do we expose the darkness that is in us? Everything that we do in the Christian life, the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, coming to Mass on Sundays and on weekdays when possible, praying with the Scriptures, closing the door in our rooms and praying to the Father in secret, living life with one another in community, supporting one another in difficult times, and, of course, going to confession, going to the priest, and saying our sins out loud to the priest who, in there, who is there in the person of Christ, to hear our sins and then offer those incredible words, I absolve you from your sins. I save you from your sins. I lift the burden of your sins from you. We're taking these comprehensive exams at the seminary, and one of the questions that we had to grapple with is, why do, you, why do I have to confess my sins to the priest? There is a scenario, you're teaching a youth group, and one of the youth asks you, why do I have to go to a priest? Why not just confess to God directly, like, the, like my Protestant friends do, perhaps? Well, there are many reasons for that, biblical reasons, theological reasons, psychological reasons, historical reasons. But there is a, an answer that I found in an unusual place from this TV show, this courtroom TV show. You've seen these shows, Judge du Judy and Judge Matthews and these things. One of them is called Caught in Providence, about Providence, Rhode Island. Caught in Providence. And the judge is named Frank Caprio. This young man came to him to the courtroom, and he was standing there. He, I think he had gotten a speeding ticket or something. And he just came to the courtroom to say, I can't pay this ticket. I don't have a job. I'm in debt. I'm in a terrible situation. I'm not in a position where I can pay. And Judge Frank Caprio said to him, I want to commend you for coming here. Most of your peers, peers in your situation would not have come here. They would have stayed at home. They would have gotten the fines and maybe ended up in jail someday. But they wouldn't have come here and taken responsibility for what they've done and, and said out loud to me, to the judge, I can't do this. I can't pay it. They would have hid. They would have stayed at home in, in, in darkness, in hiding. And so Frank Judge, Frank, or Judge Frank Caprio said, I'll waive your fines. I'll waive your fees. He has a fund to do this, so I'll waive your fees. And the show is caught, is caught in Providence, Rhode Island. We see the, the Lord's designs behind, behind that name, caught in Providence. And isn't that a little analogous to the sacrament of confession? We come to the judge. Christ is the judge. His King, His Lord, He's merciful, but He's also judge, to judge our sins, to judge our lives. He's going to do this in our final judgment, and He does this in our ongoing lives. But He comes, we come to Him, to the judge, in the courtroom, so to speak, in the confessional, and we say our sins out loud, we say what we've done, we take responsibility for it, and we say, I can't pay. I can't pay for my sins. How could I possibly pay for what I've done? 
And the Lord, through the priest, says, that's okay. I've already paid for you. I'm offering you forgiveness. I'm lifting up your sins from you. I absolve you from your sins. And so then from here, we're free to go back and live as children of light. To live in the healing and the restoration of children who, whose sight have been restored. Just like this blind man's. And the more that we do this, the more that we live in this reality, the more that we're able to hear not the voice of the accuser, accusing others and accusing ourselves, but the voice of the Lord saying to us, I love you, I love you, I love you, over and over and over again.